it's uh, the data shows right now if you're not using video you're you're behind right i mean video it's coming it's it's not if you're going to use it it's basically when and so the sooner you do it the more advantage you're going to be able to take over the product the bridge is a podcast for all businesses where the consumer purchase takes place at a physical location but those same consumers are shopping and narrowing their choices down online that jump from online to in-store is where most businesses struggle each episode we will focus on real strategies and examples from industry experts on how to dominate this complex and competitive environment by sharing the latest trends in technology and process Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Andy Medley. Welcome to another episode of The Bridge. I'm here with my co-host, Fabian. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Fabian, co-host on The Bridge, producer for the show, voice that you'll hear every now and then. Not as frequently (laughs) as we would like, but he's working on that. We are coming to you live from uh, CoVideo, headquartered in Indianapolis, Indiana. We have Jason Price with us, co-founder of CoVideo and president. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me on. We are so lucky to have you. It should be fun. We know each other, don't we? We do. Tell us a little bit about CoVideo. So CoVideo is a uh, video email software company. We founded the business in 2004. And um, uh, initially, we incubated out of the Purdue Research Park. And um, our primary target in the beginning was car dealers. So it was essentially a way for them to record uh, videos for their vehicles and send them to customers or uh, use uh, video emails as a first lead introduction. And basically what we found is we were too early in the market. So as time's gone on, video has become, you know, essentially the most dominant form of communication. So our, our focus right now is, you know, allowing our customers the ability to sort of bridge the gap in the customer journey engage their customers in a, in a more meaningful way and, and apply that using video. And, and just so we're not, uh, we're not guessing, can you give specifically today a, a couple use cases of when you say video email, what's that mean? So uh, imagine you're a retailer and you, you're essentially out of business where they have to come in store to make the purchase. Um, with our software, our, our customers are able to essentially record the product. So whatever that is, whether it's a piece of furniture, um, it could be a vehicle walk around of a car, but it gives you the ability to create that personalized, engaging experience, uh, deliver that into their inbox, and it's going to significantly stand out from all the other plain text crap that they're getting from the other uh, competitors in your market. Got it. And so they know that's perfect. And, and, and we're talking about specifically when you're talking about the consumer journey. Um, where do you see it fitting? Is there a specific place that you see it fitting, and, and what problems is it solving for you or their customers, I should say? So we see video touching almost every, every part of the customer journey. So, I mean, if you, even, if you begin with awareness, you, you can pull email off and just call it video. I mean, uh, 72% of customers per Google prefer to watch a video of the product as opposed to reading about it. So even before they actually you know, make that request to your website to find out more information, you can engage them with very powerful videos on your website, through YouTube, social media, which is going to have a significantly bigger impact than those plain text uh, articles that you're writing out there. Um, the second piece is when they actually engage you. They, they send in their information. They want to know about pricing or the product or details. I mean, your first response is that, that video email where you're connecting them in a more engaging way. It's going to stand out from the competition. And you can essentially carry that throughout the entire customer lifecycle. So imagine, you know, after the purchase, you can use it to send updates uh, to the customers to keep them engaged. If there's recalls or, you know, essentially changes to the product, you can use video to, to deliver that message in a more powerful way. So we see it all the way from awareness to loyalty and then beyond. 
And there's got to be some sort of benefit too from the anytime I go into a store and 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 maybe I've I've connected with somebody or I know I'm going in and I want to look at something specific. There is the fact that it's who am I going to talk to? Sure. And there's got to be some sort of uh, benefit to the consumer in the form of comfort, even just showing up to a location having already seen that person through the video emails that they're engaging with. You got it. I mean, that personalization is key. You know, I mean, there's a couple areas. First of all, it makes the, the customer significantly more comfortable. They know who they're, they're looking for. But the other thing, too, is imagine from the retailer side. You know, now when that person walks in, they know exactly who they're looking for. They know them by name. They're already connected to that person. That relationship's already being built. And so that has a dramatic impact when they, they visit the store for the first time. And um, just... So- so, so people can understand, so I can get an understanding here. And this is just one-way communication, right? You're not having the, the people that are searching around on, on the Internet having to respond via video or anything like that, right? You got it. Yeah, it's okay. one way. Now, by the way, there is an option for them to do it, and it is occasionally used by those you know, you know, tech-savvy people that want to put themselves out there. But in, in general, yes, it is used by the retailer to engage in a one-way communication. Gotcha. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask about first impressions. Like I, I read uh, a couple of different things that you guys had on the website just about video being that first impression. And I know a lot of what we talk about, uh, have talked about or touched on this show is just that website being that first impression that you're giving to somebody. So talk a little bit about how, how video helps with that. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the website as a first impression from the brand, right? Essentially who you are as a business, what you're providing, what the products are, you know, what we look at is what is the first impression when you actually make a real connection to the customer, which is probably going to happen via email, right? And so, you know, imagine if someone's requesting, for example, a piece of furniture, they're looking at a property or a car, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're going to send the same plain text email and, and essentially be doing what everyone else is doing, there is no way to make a different impression than any of your competitors. And so that's where video is so powerful. You know, where the website needs to be critical from the awareness standpoint when they first get there, video email allows that first impression to be far more powerful than anything else you can send. Yeah, very cool. And so obviously as you start to look at some of this stuff, and you know it's changing their behavior. There has to be some data behind it that is either looking at why it's increasing engagement or how that personalization is impacting ideally purchase um, how do you and uh, how do you and your customers talk about that data? Got it. So what we typically talk about is straight up conversion from lead into the showroom or the retailer space, wherever you're located as a business. It's essentially taking more of those leads and actually have them show up at the store. Now, by getting more people in the store, you're going to sell more product, right? But we, what we always say is after they enter the store, I mean, our job's essentially done. We've done our job. We've, we've created that great first impression. You've stood out from the competition. You, you have them in front of you. Now it's up to them to sell, right? But from our standpoint, it's 100% about conversion of that online traffic into the store. Which is exactly what we're talking about because the reality is that, that that's a lead that was generated more than likely converted on the website. And it's just a name and an email and hopefully some more information that allows for some personalization of that video used by the salesperson when they reach out to that individual. And what you're basically saying is that it goes from um, – Andy Medley converted on the website to Andy's now getting an email, um, hopefully with some content that's relevant to what that individual was doing on the web, or what I was doing on the website, sure. uh, to the point now where I'm showing up because of that personalization and, and perpetuating the consumer journey as a result. You got it. I mean, I, one of the most critical things right now is there's so much information online. 
you know, when our customers are out shopping for, it doesn't matter what it is, right? That big purchase, they're going to go look at a lot of sites. You know, and I, I typically see on average, you know, sometimes up to 20 or 25 different properties. And so when they first engage you, they come knowing sometimes more about your product or whatever you're selling than maybe your sales rep does, right? And so because they're, they're coming so armed with that information and data, any way that we can engage them and connect with them is going to create a bigger impact. And, and that's why we feel like video is clearly the best way to do it. And do you have um, like metrics that you're, you're looking at, like the optimal length of a video should be this, or just in the 15 or so years, you guys have been around for 15 years? 2004, right? yeah. 2004, okay. Uh, in, in the 15 years that you guys have been around. How old are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Benjamin Button. Um, but just in that time, uh, over these last 15 years, have you guys gathered data to make decisions on optimal length of a video or like best practices that should be being used by by the retailers that, that use video. You got it, yeah. So I'll talk about two videos. The first one is the the video introduction from the sales rep. So it's a personal introduction where they're actually getting on camera, introducing themselves in a way that's obviously a lot more personal than writing a plain text email. We typically say that 30 seconds is a sweet spot for that. Really don't do a whole lot more than that. From a product video, a personalized product video demonstration, uh, we typically say no more than a minute and a half. Now we see people do amazing videos that are two and a half, three minutes, but Definitely the sweet spot is a minute and a half. No, that makes perfect sense. Is there, is there, a, is there any anecdote um, on conversion relative to just a regular email when you think about open rates or, um, well, mainly open rates? So what we focus on, not as much open rates, right? Because essentially the subject line drives the open rate more than anything. I mean, there is data, and we have some too, that says oh, if fair, you have yeah. video in the uh-huh. subject line, maybe they'll open up. It's about once they do open it what is the response rate or engagement. So we typically see on average, depending on the industry, around 300% increase in click-throughs, right, which means they're engaging your content more. They're seeing the video. They're feeling more um, obviously connected to you because they were able to see this powerful content. But what we're we're trying to do is move the needle on conversion into the actual location of the retailer. And it really depends on where they're currently at, right? So we'll see, you know, in some industries where maybe the right number is a 20% conversion is the right number, and they're sitting at nine. You know, if we can come in and move that to 15, that's a huge win for them, right? And so we, we take each customer individually and make sure we're moving the needle based on what their goals are. Yeah, and if you have an assumption of what your uh, um, show rate is, you know, mm-hmm. the number of people that are showing up and what that actually converts in, converts into in terms of sales, then you know that you leading up to that, increasing that 9 to 20% is going to have a massive trickle effect on what the revenue is going to be that's going to be mainly sourced online or digitally. You got it. So it's a great bridge, uh, not using our podcast name, but it's a perfect example of how you how you take digital to in-store and, and create personalization before that even happens. Definitely. Jason, what do you say to uh, retailers who aren't ready to embrace video? Right. What, what are the things that they're saying to you that they're saying, dude, we, we don't need video? Like, what, what are you talking about? I'd first ask them why. I mean... <laughs> It's the data shows right now. If you're not using video, you're you're behind, right? I mean, video it's coming. It's it's not if you're going to use it. It's basically when. And so the sooner you do it, the more advantage you're going to be able to take over the product. But you know, just when we, look, we started the company in '04, and I can tell you, we basically had no competitors until like 2011. And now there's probably like 200 companies, some funded 60, 100 million dollars because the space is so meaningful right now. And we've seen the results. The results are there. People are running at it. So there's really no reason not to use it at this point jump on the bandwagon let's go no i hear you and what's funny is i'm i'm i think an, an example of that adoption for me is um uh video conferencing 
Right. I, I used to hate that. Yeah. And now it's just common. And once you get past it, you feel you, you recognize, especially for remote teams, how important it is to be able to look them in the eye while you're having conversations, even though at first it's awkward, that awkwardness, if you're not used to it, sure. um, to those people that may not want to adopt it, you quickly get over it and it becomes the norm and then you actually miss it. Right. Because um, you have a much better conversation when you can read than um, read the read the room <laughs> or the individual uh, as opposed to not being able to do that. Um, so you actually bring up a good point. I would say, you know, going back to why someone would be sort of resistant to using the technology, I'd say the number one reason that I, I find at this point is nervousness about being on camera. I mean, there's some uncomfortableness, especially when you're seeing yourself in the camera recording the video. It's like you're in front of customers all day long, and you're not psychoanalyzing every movement you make and what your voice inflection is, your tone, your cadence, totally. whatever. But you're able to do that with a video, so that creates somewhat of a challenge. However... For the people that get over it, it's a huge win. What we've found, though, is moving on to the product side. So if you're uncomfortable with yourself on camera, go to the product, right? Focus on detailing the product, demonstrating the product, get the product into view. And by doing that, it, it takes a lot of the pressure off because you don't see yourself, and you're able to do what you do best, which is talk about what you sell. Just get out of your own way. Got it. Have to. That makes sense. So what industries do you serve today outside automotive? Uh, well, we have 2,000 customers, and we're all across the board. So we work with retailers like furniture stores, um, uh, real estate agents, insurance brokers. Uh, we do a lot of B2C work, and then uh, we work with a lot of B2B teams, so internal sales teams, SDR teams uh, that are really reaching out to leads that it's kind of the same thing. I mean, even though they're not in a position where they have to come into the store to buy, at the same time, they're coming to the website and uh, they're trying to create an impression so they can convert the lead to a demo as opposed to a visit, right? And so essentially any sales team that's, that's working with online leads, uh, that's where we focus. Uh, Jason, did you see that shift going into other markets? Uh, was it something that you sought out or did you like did those markets feel like the need was there and then started reaching out to you? And, and like roughly when did that start to happen? It was, it was probably more the latter. So we started in Automotive. That's where we began. And what we found is that as car dealers were using our tool to you know, create a better engaging experience, we would find they were actually reaching out or connecting with potential customers. So it could be a sales manager at a furniture store or a, a VP of sales at a big uh, Fortune 500 company, and they'd get the, the vehicle walk around or the personalized video, and they'd be like, what, you know, what the hell is it? I would love to use this tool. And so we got a lot of referrals coming in from the car dealers in the first you know, five, six years using the tool, and we, sort of, we used that to expand into the markets we expanded into. I mean, most of our business right now comes from inbound. So people, you know, looking for video, trying to, you know, apply some sort of video strategy into their business. And so I think that's why, I mean, we probably serve 50 different verticals at this point. All right. So let's talk about what's next for CoVideo. Jason, what are some current initiatives you're working on um, to help improve the product and the engagement for your customers, for their consumers? Yeah, I love that question. So we're heavily focused right now on integration. So, um Look, we, we spend a lot of time integrating in a lot of the big platforms like Salesforce and Outreach and, you know, some of the more public-facing CRMs, email marketing tools. Um, we're really focused right now on industry-specific CRM or marketing tools. So if you're in the furniture space or single family or a car dealer, uh, you're probably not using Salesforce. You might be, but oftentimes we find there are very specific CRMs or marketing tools that they use. And so building deep integrations into those platforms um, just so that the ease of use and the cycle is so much easier for them. For the, for the salespeople you themselves. Got it. Absolutely. Yep. And then you can see the metrics better and all the data all that they built already into have the in the CRM. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's and awesome. To demystify that a little bit, um, 
How difficult is that to integrate into different CRMs? So that really comes from the backend coding, right? Mm-hmm. So our developers end up working with the dev team of whatever CRM we end up partnering with. And so, you know, instead of going to the, the Covidia website to record your video and send it, which is still extremely easy, right, or pulling it up on your mobile app, Covidia will exist in that CRM's ecosystem. So when you pull up a lead that you just came in, you know, in your CRM tool, you can click record video and it's built exactly into the experience and all flows and so it just it it prevents you from having to go out to code video that's probably the primary difference actually and when you decide to do something like that and integrate with a different crm how long does that take usually a couple weeks if the crm's capable of doing it sometimes a little longer um, so when, when, you're, when you're training that staff and you're trying to help them understand uh, the salesperson and how to effectively use it, um, and, you know, Fabian touched on this a little bit in terms of length of time, but is there, is there a, a better sales approach from a, from a if you're a salesperson on, on how, how, what's the content I'm sharing and, and how am I personalizing, um, personalizing that video to that individual? What, 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 what are my methods to be able to do that? So for us, it really starts with uh, that initial discovery call when we work with our customers, trying to understand exactly what they're trying to accomplish, right? And so each retailer we work with has a different goal. Sometimes um, they just really want brand videos on their website or they're looking to engage video on their social platforms a bit more, and that's where we focus. You know, other times it's, you know, truly, like once again, we do a lot of let's focus on converting more of those leads you're already getting right in the showroom. And so uh, we, we keep it very simple in the beginning, and that's understanding what are the word tracks you're using. So what emails are currently going out? What's your process? What are you saying on the phone? And how can we apply that language in a video that's consistent, that makes you look exactly like you need to look, which is awesome, the great brand that you are, and convince that customer to come in and see you. So we, we keep the training extremely simple, right? Because video is one of those things, it can be scary. We talked about that already. It can make you a little bit nervous. And so uh, we just look at what are the one or two best use cases that can give you an immediate result and really focus on training there. And just strategy-wise for teams that you bring on, like what, what type of like overall strategy is there? Uh, like is there a specific cadence that, that these go into or is it just one video and then kind of follow up whenever is necessary? Yeah, great question. Uh, it, obviously, it depends on the customer, right? Um, so as we're working through sort of the initial discovery launch process, and usually the rollout's very quickly, right? So after we meet with the management team and the executive team, we understand what their goals are. Um, we'll do some group sessions and some individual, individual sessions to get them sort of engaged and ready to go. Um, but a lot of times, i got to be honest with you, our customers don't really know where to put it. And so and, and we're kind of giving them... Um, the direction on how to engage their customers better. Because i got to be honest with you, I mean, we find a lot of our customers aren't even really tracking some of these metrics. Like They really don't know how many leads are coming to their store. They don't know where their leads are dropping out of their funnel. And so through the discovery, we, we actually help them figure a lot of that stuff out. And then uh, really the strategy with the video depends on like where they actually need to inject it, right? And a lot of times it's up front uh, in the beginning of that funnel. Yeah, and that's, you know, we, we know that's totally normal. It can almost be overwhelming to understand how many to track. And, and what we're saying today um, is that the first thing is, okay, I'm, I've converted an anonymous website visitor into a known lead on my website. Um, now we have the application in the form of co-video and video email to take that lead and have a unique way to be able to uh, approach that individual with the goal of actually receiving a feedback and, and hopefully uh, continuing the process. That goes from uh, lead conversion, anonymous to known, to ideally a show. 
meaning they're actually coming into the physical location. There might be some conversation taking place before those, but general metrics. And then after that, it's like, did they buy? And so those are three, if anybody's listening, that's like the three best way, places to start. There's a million different things that you can get more um, micro, but from a macro perspective, it's I'm, I've got traffic coming to my website. How many turn into known, um, uh, known converted leads? From that, how many actually responded? And from that, how many actually showed up? Right, and that that is from a video perspective gives you such a unique aspect on how you actually can reach out rather than when, uh, you know, when when you were you calling it just uh, blank text, yeah, right, boring plain text email, exactly, which we all get a million ways is such a such a great way to be able to stand out. Um, This has been awesome. Talked a little bit about the future. Talked about how you're helping customers today. Let's ask a couple questions about you. Best piece of advice that you've been given. Or that you enjoy giving to other people? I'd say one, one piece of advice that's always stuck with me. I think it's a lot of motivational speakers talk about this, like Tim Ferriss or Tony Robbins or whatever. And it's, um, it's all about expectations versus the reality. And I think starting my business, you always have expectations around a business relationship or a deal or what one of your sales reps should be producing. And, and if, if it doesn't meet those expectations, I mean, it's easy to get frustrated angry, annoyed. And, and when you're in that state, like you can't really fix it. Or if you're fixing, you're probably not fixing it correctly. And so I'd say one of the things that I've adopted, and I, I don't do this perfectly, by the way. I mean, trust me, I still am probably not as nice as I, I should be at times. But at the end of the day, be able to step back and, and recognize that, look, my expectations are this rep was going to hit their goal and they didn't. And being pissed about it's not going to get them to goal. The reality is they're not there. So how do we either get them there or find them a better spot? And um, I've applied that across the board. I mean, because, look, starting a business is incredibly difficult, and it's, it's very easy to get caught up in and um, not being where you want to be. And so sort of balancing that out, and even in your personal relationships, I just feel like that's one of the best things that I've ever, ever used for me. That's good. All right, one more thing. I got one more. Yeah, go ahead. What are you currently obsessed with, professionally or personally? So Fabian knows this because we talked about it last time. Uh, I'm crazy obsessed with golf right now. Although I was obsessed with golf like a year ago. And I took all these lessons and got kind of good and then realized I still sucked. And so then I became unobsessed about it. And then this summer I decided that I was going to get obsessed about it again. And it's, it's breaking me mentally because I still am not very good. But I'm putting a lot of time into it. And my expectations are not meeting my reality yet. However... <laughs> I am going to be a good golfer at some point. Way to bring it back around. That's a great way to bring it back around. All right, buddy. We really appreciate you joining us, Jason. Thanks for having me, man. It's been great.